You're listening to WorkWire, sponsored by Career Club and Sherm. Career Club has a range of services aimed at job seekers with an empathetic approach. Whether you are a job seeker yourself, know someone who is in job search, or an HR professional looking to bring a more empathetic approach to transitioning employees, check out career.club. If you are an HR professional seeking to enhance your skills, subscribe to Sherm and explore their extensive resources. Visit Sherm.org. That's SHRM.org. Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of The WorkWire. I'm Bob Goodwin, the president of Career Club, joined by my good friend, Johnny C. Taylor, Jr., CEO and president of Sherm. Johnny, how are you doing today? I am doing really, really well, all of me, Bob. That's an inside story to the rest of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, speaking of all of you, the, we're both from the South. Yes. What's the plural of y'all? Um. Oh, now that's funny. Now you just test it. I'm from Florida. We're not the real South. Oh, come so on you now. tell me. All y'all. All- <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. All y'all. All y'all. Okay. So <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and get started. I know that you've got a little bit of time constraint today. So let's just jump into it. On our last episode, we were talking about uh, the preparedness of younger people coming into the workforce and kind of what some of the, the reasons for that are, how that presents challenges and some things employers can do to address that. Yes. What I was hoping we could talk about today is sort of flipping the script and looking at one of the things that I know you talk about, which is the browning and graying of America. And I yes. thought we could talk about the graying part about yes. that today. And thankfully, the camera's been very kind to me this morning. <laughs> but But the grain of America, I want to just read you a statistic here real quick. By 2030, all baby boomers will be older than 65, age 65. Uh, I know that they talk about the silver tsunami. Every day, 10,000 Americans are turning 65. That's mind-blowing. But this will expand the size of the older population so that one in every five residents will be of retirement age. 20%. 2030 sounds like... it is not way out there, dude. That's around the corner. And then by 2035, it's projected that there will be 76, call it 77 million people under the age of 18, but over 78 million. So actually more people over the age of 65. Yep. So just demographically, there's like this major shift going on. And that's got, got, so, so from a, just kind of tee it up just a little bit more, you know, between, uh, lifespans are longer. Yep. We feel younger longer, right? And that that you know the people are deferring retirement by choice or not by choice because you know their portfolio is down. They never had enough retirement savings to begin with, whatever it is. So the need to continue to work has you know just gone out longer and longer so there's a lot of things that are conspiring that are keeping older people in the workforce longer and that's got some implications both for the folks who are the talent but also for employers yes yeah Yeah. so um just a couple other things here real quick you know so there's this we talk a lot about the hidden job market and the hidden talent pools that are out there. And I think older Americans would be one of those that that would sort of fit the bill for that. Um, 
And this is a very interesting statistic, and then I'll I'll let you run with this for a minute. Three quarters of people 65 and older said in a Wall Street Journal survey of American values last month that hard work is very important to them personally. And among 18 to 29 year olds, 61% said hard work is very important. So older Americans want to work. They like to work. They like it's what they've grown up with. And, and yet we see that sometimes there might be a reluctance to hire older people because they're grumpy. They're not keeping up with technology. They're just tired. Right. And, and I'm curious how all that strikes you. And so what a great topic for work why because it is all about work and and i'm so glad we get to talk about this because i joke about the fact that the older you get the younger 75 80 looks but that's true in fact especially now you know back in the day we'd say you know 50 is the new 40 or whatever we'd say but that's actually true and i think about it now and you and i reflect on it the person my grandmother i thought was ancient when she was 63 years old. I mean, I really thought she was 63. I just hired a 63-year-old at Sherm, right? So it's just a very different, and that woman doesn't show up as 63 in the way that I think of and have thought of 63. Uh, She's her full self, but she's just very different than what my, the notions of 63. And that has profoundly changed the world of work. Couple of realities the fastest growing demographic in the U.S. workforce are people 75 and older. It is the fastest. It will nearly double by 2030, to your point, given your stats. And so we can, in times past, when we talked about hiring older workers, it was very much about because it's the right thing to do or it's the legal thing to do. Mm -hmm. Now it's the smart thing to do from a business perspective, right? Because at the same time that the population is growing of older workers, Americans didn't have the same number of children. The American birth rate, 20 year plus decline, and there've been a few blips, but the pandemic, speaking of pandemic, in the pandemic, the American birth rate dropped by 4% from 20 to 21. People didn't want to get pregnant because you didn't want to have to go to a hospital because you were afraid of COVID and you couldn't get into one anyway if you needed to go to one. So we saw a precipitous drop in the American birth rate that followed a decline that had been occurring over two decades. So again, we've had a few blips in there, but by and large, overall, a decline. So we had a replenishment problem. The economy was growing. We needed more people at the very, very time that people were making more people. I was being kind there, right? So here we are. We got this moment. So we actually need older workers and we need them to do jobs other than just Walmart greeters. Because as you know, in times past, we had jobs for older people, but they were the jobs that didn't require a lot, weren't techno- technologically savvy, lower paying, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, eh, not so much. We actually need to retrain People so that that 60-year-old actually has a development plan that prepares him or her to have another 10 years in the workforce. We need them. They want it, either for financial reasons or just what we talk about, the dignity of work. They actually want to work. What do you do with yourself after retiring for a year or two, unless you're extremely wealthy? Exactly. Right? What else do you do? Well, well, and not, I mean, but the, the point on the wealth is just to not skip past that is, 
you know, because people are living longer, the just the math of work through 65, save up this much money if you can, and then just sort of ride it out and, you know, try and get down to your last penny before you get down to your last day. Right. And, but the problem is, is that that math just doesn't work anymore. Doesn't work. And, and so, so people by necessity need to keep working. One of the cool things about that though, is, you know, people start to talk about having different chapters in your career and reinventing yourself. And so you're, uh, encores. A friend of mine does it. I love how he says it. It's not retirement. It's refirement. Refirement. That's right. I love it. I love and it. And so, yeah, he's refiring into something new. That's right. right? That you know, continues to help him evolve as a human being. It actually keeps your brain soft. Like That's neuroplasticity right. is a thing. And as we continue to learn and, and be stimulated and motivated, you know, we're staving off some of the things that, you know, nature would naturally want to do to, to our brains. And, and so it's very cool how, how it's working. And yet at the same time, you know, there's, you guys put out some statistics not too long ago that was talking about, you know, how older workers are feel, you know, perceive that how they feel they're perceived at work. Yes. You know, there's a little bit of conflicting data, you know, with the, um, uh, who's it, EOC or whoever, that, that the complaints have plummeted, That's yet right. HR people are hearing more about this. Could, could you kind of speak to, to that? Yeah, so the EEOC, it's it's interesting. There does appear, uh, but I think you can reconcile what they're seeing, the plummeting, uh, with, with our data, which says in the workplace, some of it has to do with representation, so hiring. Uh, the days the EEOC is saying long gone are the days where employers were blatantly accused of not hiring people because we need them. I mean, companies don't have the luxury, right, to to practice ageism. They're like, I need a warm body. And especially over the last couple of years when unemployment has been incredibly low, I need a body. And if this person can go do the job, I can look past my own biases. Yes. But in the workplace, and this is what HR people are reporting, there, there are real stigmas and real biases attached to people's experience. So I, I kind of put it in diversity versus inclusion. Mm. So from a diversity perspective, EEOC says, yeah, the numbers are down because people are hiring older workers. They need them. Once those older workers get into the workplace, making. Mm decisions based upon our own biases. When I was sitting in a meeting recently and we were talking about hiring of a candidate and the question came up was, sure, we want to hire her, but you know, she doesn't have much. What was the word? Not pathway. Have She doesn't have, in other words, uh, runway. That was a phrase that an employee said. I was like, ooh. So they were willing to hire the person because we needed a position and the woman who we were looking at had all of the right skills but built into that hire was this idea, but we're going to have to hire someone younger to become the manager of the department because clearly this old woman doesn't have any runway. That's what we are feeling in the workplace. And then people managers, something you and I talk about a lot, are really struggling with managing a multi-generational workforce. Mm-hmm. In times past, you kind of had the new bumper crop population, you had middle management people, and you had older people who were working toward retirement. Kind of three generations, give or take, in the workforce. Well, for the first time ever, they're five. 
and trying to figure out how to give Johnny things that matter for him versus giving the Generation Z person something that matters. It's really difficult. And it's not as simple as different retirement plans. We just have an HR. We're trying to reconcile. How do you manage all of these different generations? And we are different. You know, we are very, very different. A, you know, a traditionalist, someone 75 and older is very different and sees the world. And it's just not technology, but they're just wired. Their whole experience is different than a 22 year old of today. So we have we need to equip managers with how to manage this multi-generational workforce. And that's what HR folks are struggling with. It, it's just our systems aren't designed for a 60-year-old to come in and have a conversation with their HR expert to say, okay, I need a 15-year plan. I actually want to be the vice president of that department at 72. Like, what? There's a total dissonance going on between that. And that's what we're seeing. So that's what the reporting out is playing out. I think it's. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so glad you brought up and framed it out in DEI because they think there are a lot of DEI implications. Yes. To this. Yeah. I, I jotted a few down. You know, one is just missing out on acknowledging and understanding the largest demographic cohort. Just, it makes business sense to pay attention to this population. And this is not a new thought, but if you want to really, you know, go market to a certain cohort, you probably need people inside your company who understand that cohort really well. Answer that. Yeah, that's an idea. (laughs) And then, you know, I I think you were alluding to this a minute ago, but then there's all the mentoring opportunities you know something something that you talk about johnny is there's a lot of people in the workforce who've never been through a down cycle right no right and and so don't know what a down cycle looks like and and i think the the jury's still out on you know where this whole plane's landing you know with inflation recession etc but it's uncertain that's for sure and for people that all they know is a bull market Yep. Their, you know, their entire adulthood. Yep. It's like, well, holy crap, what do you do? How, how do you react to this? Can I tell you, Bob, I, I got in and, and I want to get back to the list Please. that you've identified. But I just had a similar experience in, in my own workplace the other day where someone described it as you have a generation. And these are 40 year olds. So these remember, millennials are 40. Many of them are 40 plus. <laughs> right. So these are not kids. But. If you just do the math, the last major economic disaster for us was 2008 downturn. And that's 15 years ago, which means if you're 40, you were 25, you may have been just getting out of college, but you didn't really experience it as an adult. You didn't have mortgage and many of you didn't have children and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So. You then come into a market that has only, in the way that it was described, was the trend line only goes up and to the right. Yeah. Take that visual, right? That's all you know, right? The trend line that goes up and to the right. Every year you get a merit increase. And many years that merit increase was double. I mean, it was numbers that we haven't seen in our history. Mm-hmm. Every year you get a bonus. Like you don't know anything. So I had an employee come in and we're discussing salary. Well, of course, the market has softened, whether it's called a recession or whatever, it's softened, right? Undeniably. And last year, this wicked big year, this year, he was still going to make a handsome salary, you know, but less than last year. 
factoring in bonus. That's what I'm talking about. So salary didn't go backwards, but, but the, the full total cash comp did. And this guy was having a meltdown, just could not understand. He kept saying, I've, I've worked as hard. I've worked harder this year than last year. Our results are up, but and he just couldn't get his hit. What happened? A 64-ish old year old employee took this guy to lunch and literally had a conversation to explain, you're spazzing about 7% mortgage interest rates. We lived in a world when 13, 14%, 7% was a deal. You're spazzing about gas prices. Let me tell you about what happened when people were lining up for days to get gas. Uh, and, and so it was an amazing, they came back and the most interesting relationship has been created where there was reverse mentoring, right? So yeah. you had the older person telling the younger person, like not, oh my gosh, let me tell you about the days that I had to walk to school barefoot for five, not that, but real, like not hyperbole, but like, this is what happens. And I'm going to help you for that. And what they learned was the younger person was saying, well, let me help you understand technology a little bit better. I'm a digital native. Let me tell you how things happening. And they have built such a relationship. And so I learned of this just recently that the reverse mentoring, uh, or at least the, the mutual mutual occurring and it was very very cool so i'm sorry to jump in there no it's it's perfect assets that we are it's it's by the way something we have to do but it happens to be that there's an actually there's a good story here to have this multi-generational workforce yeah and then one other thing and this is actually a number that came from you guys at sherm but hr professionals who work for organizations that offer diversity equity and inclusion training are significantly less likely to report that age has played a role in decisions made during the job application process, 26%, compared to HR professionals who work for organizations that do not offer such training, 40%. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, talk about getting in front of the issue, understanding yep. the issue, yep. and, then, and then hopefully embracing it in a positive way. Back to my point, hiring is not the problem. Increase hiring hasn't been the problem because we've been we've had such a shortage of talent until we hiring went out the window in almost all organizations. Although I love that DEI organizations organizations had you know focus on that, uh, obviously performed better. Our big deal is how do you ensure that everyone feels seen, heard, valued, respected? That's the challenge of the day because young people will make. They're, and it's part of their youth. We were there once, right? I remember my 25-year-old self making statements and having no appreciation for how it impacted an older employee. Think about sitting in a room and saying something like, does she have asking, even asking the question, does she have runway at 60? You're like, what mm-hmm. are you talking about? That 60-year-old thinks she's 45. <laughs> and as someone I can tell you, it's amazing. I don't, I still don't think I'm 35. Like I just So think about what you've done to him or her and how you think about him or her when that is the unconscious bias in the back of your head when you think about older workers. So now we've got a lot of work to do and we need to do it. We want to do it. And business is going to demand that we do it. Yeah. So I'm going to speak stereotypically for half of a second, but the stereotype would be, you know, uh, on the positive, older workers on time, gotcha. make work. a commitment, follow through on their commitment, very strong work ethic, right? You know, um, are willing to, uh, if I can say this the right way, but like accept, 
you know, here's the policies, here's how we roll here. Like, you know, and that, okay, that's cool. Just tell me, tell me what you want me to do. Um, but the statistic was, you know, coming out, like what some of the negative stereotypes are was some arrogance. Yes. Like young person, been there, done that. Like, right. let me tell you how it is. Yep. And then I, I wasn't teasing, grumpiness. Oh, yes. Like, like perceived to be grumpy. Yep. Like, wow. Yep. What do you think about those stereotypes? I think stereotypes as uncomfortable as they are typically don't come out of thin air. There is something to be said. Now, that doesn't mean that every older person is grumpy or unwilling to change or arrogant or whatever. But there are some, there's a reason why that stereotype uh, has come into play. And I'll, I'll give you one. One that I hear a lot is unwilling to uh, change and yep. embrace technology. And I very personally, my mother was a nurse and she still should be practicing nursing, in my opinion, because she's quite competent. She's, you know, 70, plus, but she's very talented at what she does. And we have a shortage of nursing. But I'll never forget. She's working with her company real quick. And the company said, instead of taking handwritten notes and documenting your patient interactions, we're now going to use the iPad. She was having no parts of it. I mean, she just was like, hell no, I'm not doing that. That's you kids. What if the battery goes down? I was like, mom, it recharges, right? But she had a hard time accepting that new technological advancement. Ultimately, to her credit, her HR company, they provided learning and development as opposed to judging her or firing her, which you didn't need that. You need the nurse and she's capable. They said, let me help usher her into the 21st century and show how the new technology is and sell it to her as opposed to just saying, okay, you're gone because you don't, you're not a digital native, right? Yeah. That's the biggest takeaway for me is, but it's true. She absolutely resisted it. Okay, can, can we, can we talk about that for a minute? Because, yeah. you know, at career club, we're coaching candidates, you know, so whether you're in job transition or you don't love your current job and you're trying to find something that's more fulfilling. Yes. And so we, we, uh, you know, work across all uh, demographics and not a small percent would you know, be in this over 50 category. Right. One of the things, you know, that, I believe that, that we here get laid at the altar of ageism yes. is not ageism. So, so ageism is real. There are people who struggle with this, right? And, and just acknowledge that that's a, a true statement. But I believe there are things that candidates are doing that are actually sabotaging their candidacy hmm. and laying it at the feet of ageism when really it's something else. For example... Um, you know, you, you talked about technology and I think that that shows itself in at least a couple ways. Say that, you know, we've all gotten used to using Zoom, yes. but this company that's interviewing me uses Microsoft Teams. Right. Oh, I like, uh, what? Yeah. And like, like, I don't know how to do it. And you look like a YouTube video person of, you know, Mildred, where's this guy? <laughs> and it's like, right. And, and you, you look very uncomfortable with technology. Yes. Like w within three seconds, I'm like, you're done. Like, like you, if you don't understand how to use, I'm sorry, we use Google Meet. Are you right. good with that? Uh, 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 I don't know what to do. Like, really? Like, this is 2023. You know, figure out the basic technology. For me, that's like not knowing how to pump your own gas at right. this point. It's like, come on. Second on technology, though, is every company is a technology business. 
Yes. Every yep. company is a technology business, right? And so, you know, opting out of learning new technologies. So, you know, I could go ask somebody, well, you know, what do you think about chat GPT? What? Right. GPS? What? And it's like, seriously? Seriously? Or if you're a marketer and, you know, you're over 50 and, you know, TikTok's stupid and it's ruining America. And that's, you know, young people are just like, you know, melting their minds on TikTok videos. I hate TikTok. Well, that's a really interesting, but that's like the number one advertising, you know, medium. So you might want to know a little bit more about TikTok or pick your favorite technology that is relevant to your industry. But you can't show up and like I was a Fortran programmer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, nobody cares. Right. So, you know, on technology, I think there's a couple of things. I think, too, what we see with candidates is bringing energy, like because the stereotype is you're tired, That's right? right. You, you, you've got too many miles on you and like you, you don't really bring the energy anymore. Right. We need people that can go. Right. And like it's incumbent upon you as a candidate to bring that energy, to, to dispel that notion, you actually have to a little overcompensate right. without being over the top. That's but right. you need to be energetic, enthusiastic, positive. I'm happy to be here and like I'm ready to get going. And and I often see candidates seem more lethargic yes. than that. And, and that's one of them. Last thing I'll say on this one, then I'll, I'll turn it over to you, is yeah. on um, an appropriate balance of earned confidence yes. through experience balanced with humility. Well, right. And, and, and back to your reverse mentoring or mutual mentoring right. kind of a thing. There's things I have to offer. There's still things I can learn. That's right. Well, and Bob, let, let, let me attack. Attack. Oh, right. attack. Me. Come on, attack. <laughs> Get with it. That's what we do. That's the language we use right now. No, but... On the technology side, I do want to say, and I heard you say, that's on you. That's true. But remember what we started this entire segment with. It's not kind of just on them. We need them. Mm-hmm. So it, it could be easy to say, well, listen, you to get the job, not because you're 60, but because you don't embrace technology and you're resistant to change. And, and maybe that's right, but it doesn't help us because we actually need to help that 60-year-old person understand how the new technology, how you go from Microsoft Teams to Zoom or StreamYard or whatever. We have to do something about that. It's not, it's, you don't have the luxury of saying that. And I tell you the best way for me to think about this. Back in the day, 15, 20 years ago, we talked about the digital divide that existed between majority community members and underrepresented community members. Got it. We never said when a kid came in to interview with us, a recent college graduate who came from the underrepresented community, uh, you don't know the latest technology. You don't know what Fortran is or C is this. That. Well, then too bad. You can't get this job. No, we said there is, in fact, a digital divide. What can we do to bridge it? We didn't say that's on you. Just as we were willing to do that with that dimension of diversity, which would have been race or socioeconomic status, we've got to be willing to do that with age. So a candidate shows up and clearly is not as tech savvy as you would have him or her be. We need them. And so how about saying, I'll hire you. And as a part of your onboarding, as a contingency, we're going to, here's the learning and development 
platform that we use. And we'd like you to spend you some you'd like you to spend some time getting yourself up to speed. Okay. The only thing only thing I'll, I'll just play back on you on oh, that I one. love it. Love it's it. the difference though between opportunity yes. and agency. So we all have the opportunity. Yes. In digital divides, super well-made point, Johnny, that everybody should have equal opportunity yes. to, to have access to these things. Right. But if I am willfully opting out, right. that's what I'm talking about. And, and listen, I even, I'm going to push you because even for the <laughs> willfully opting out, this is great work, Wire, right, audience? Even when they're willfully opting out, I want to get to why they're willfully opting out. And some of it's just fear. Some of it is all of us are xenophobic at a base level, right? And some more than others. And so this idea of this being foreign freezes you. My mother did not. She wanted to nurse. She loved her patients. She, she was a hospice nurse, by the way. So we needed her more than anyone. Anyone who can live with people who are by definition dying. Every time you meet them, that's, that's something we need. But she was not embracing. And she, yes, you're right. Theoretically had the opportunity. She had young kids who the time, who were the digital natives of their generation, et cetera. It just was deeper than that. So I, you know, in the interest of, I just would encourage everyone listening in to say, yes, there is responsibility that, you know, individual personal accountability for your professional career advancement, et cetera. And we need to continue that dialogue, but also say, maybe now we're going to have to do a little bit more of what we use, what, what, what we didn't have to do in the past, which is we're going to drag the person in and provide the skills and the opportunity. Because on the other side of that, you could have a 65-year-old highly productive nurse who's not going to be knocking on your door every week looking for a promotion, who's not going to demand double-digit merit increases every year, who's not going to tell you, respectfully, I'm going out on maternity leave or paternity leave because they're past the childbearing age. There's some real assets to that individual. And that's the beauty of the multi-generational workforce is we want young women to have children, young men to have children. So we are glad to have you out of the office to procreate and replenish our supply of people. But we also need people in the workforce who can, who don't have those 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 moments in their lives right now. They're past that so that they can do the work while you're out. That, mm -hmm. That's how it all has to work. And that's what I'm so excited about. I agree with you. It's not ageism in the typical sense. Uh, we are kind of not past it, but we're not nearly where we were 30 or 40 years ago, where people were absolutely hostile to older workers. We're willing to give them a chance. HR, my colleagues out here, what we've got to do is ensure that we build an environment where they are welcomed because it's all about inclusion. It's not just mm -hmm. diversity. They're welcomed so that we get a good return on our investment in people. Mm. Now, great, great points. And, you know, for people who are listening, you know, the, the way I heard somebody say one time is every complicated problem has a simple solution and it's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm going to use that. Yeah, you know, but, 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 but so, I mean, there are nuances in all this and, you know, making very simple, you know, kind of proclamations. But, you know, you, you will always hear me talk, Johnny, about at the end of the day, agency that yes. people have. I always get to choose my attitude. I always get to choose my actions. Nobody can take that away from me, irrespective of what's going on circumstantially. I really appreciate, though, that what you're saying, if I'm hearing you right, on this opportunity side of the equation yes. is to make it an inviting opportunity 
right? And to lower the barrier to cross the chasm because we are resistant to change. That That's a survival technique, basically, or, or trait that we've got. Uh, yet at the same time, you know, the world's never going to be slower than it is right this minute. The rate of change is never going to be slower than it is right this minute. And so I think your, your well-made point is helping people understand the benefits of embracing these new things, you know, to help them you know, live out, you know, careers that are meaningful to them and provide a life for themselves and for their families. Yes. We're embracing some of these changes as part of the, the new trip. You know, it's I think that's a very helpful attitude. Go ahead. Let me just add to it. I wanted you know, talk quickly about your technology comment, but the grumpiness and the arrogance. The best way to respond to that is to have those conversations. That's what we're not doing. When you meet someone, a candidate, or if they're in your employee, an older worker who's grumpy and or arrogant, you respond to them just as if they were a younger person who's grumpy or arrogant. You tell them, these are the behaviors we're observing. This is not going to help you here. Uh, you, you, this could be career limiting, if not career ending, and then bring it to their attention and help develop them out of that. A lot of it is they just don't know, like, this is who I've been all of my life. And we say, yeah, but it's not going to work here and it's not going to work for you. But I, I do think that we have to, one thing that I find a lot is we talk about people instead of talking to people. Mm -hmm. If I observe a behavior like that in an older employee, we're going to have a conversation. You are grumpy. And it's not because you're old. It's because you're grumpy. Yeah. I, I, I would offer at the same time in a, in a DEI you know, uh, sensitive environment mm -hmm. that we could have said in previous years about a guy is direct and assertive yes. and a woman's being a B word. Right. Right. Yep. And, and, and so, and so, you know, can you maybe take that same thing and say, well, you know, young persons being, you know, appropriately, whatever, yet that old person, they're just grumpy. Right. You're grumpy. The young person's an asshole or a jerk. I mean, it's all the, and that's the language. That's the difference. Yeah, no. People would have never used the A word, right? They wouldn't yeah, have yeah. used it. Yep. So, so, but, but, you know, I, what I love about this topic is, again, so much is just about being, being better listeners, being extreme listeners, yes. you know, to understand where's the other person coming from. You know, Johnny, you're always direct with people. Yep. You know, you kind of call it what it is. So let's, let's just deal with this, yep. you know, and hopefully for the betterment of you, the betterment of the organization and the people that we serve. So I think all that's really, really healthy for the, you know, the over 50, you know, candidate and or employee out there, you know, also be mindful of how you're presenting. Absolutely. Right. And, and be open to change. And just because that's the way we did it back in the day, doesn't mean that's the way that's getting done in the future and you need to be part of the future, right? And not just rail against it. So as always, my friend, an this, amazing conversation. I've loved this one. It's a, it's a, just because of the numbers, it, it is so yes. important that we as business, like take that out of the morality and the legality of it all. This is a business imperative now. This is a growing segment of our workforce, and we have got to be very, very cognizant of the browning and the graying at once of America. Johnny, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much for watching or listening. If you're listening, please uh, rate and review this uh, podcast. We'd love to, to see your comments. And uh, again, Johnny, thank you so much.
Thank you. Be well. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Bye-bye. See you next week, WorkWire. Yes. That's right. Check out career.club for personalized help with your job search. Visit shrm.org to become part of the largest human resources organization worldwide.